The Frozen North, Episode 16, the top five plot twists that took us by surprise. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Frozen North, your source for the best that story-focused gaming has to offer. My name is JJ and I do the editing, uploading, handle the Facebook page, our blog, and I deal with iTunes. I'm here alongside my two co-hosts. First up, across the table and to my left, he supplies half the sound equipment but knows how to use all of it. He handles our Twitter account and our new Steam group, does some incredible interviews, and loves to correct me when I'm wrong. It's Mark. <laughs> Howdy, y'all! <laughs> you were trying to mess me up, too. That's the funny part. He's over there dancing. Oh, yeah. be goofy. And second, also across the table, but to my right, he... What do you do here, exactly? I... Well, I'm Brian, and I supply the ha-ha and the woo! He supplies the ha-ha and the woo. Absolutely. It's, it's Brian. And I'm the news guy. And you are sometimes accurate with that news. Maybe sometimes. So... But mostly it's the ha-ha and the yee-hoo-hoo! Oh, it. and the pulling our hair out because you're playing PSP versions of classic RPGs. Yes, I play true. handheld games. While watching Marty McFly and Stripes. Oh, Stripes, Bill Murray. Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. Not even cool. What have we been playing? Me, personally, I'm going to start. Take that, guys and uh, okay. listeners. Uh <laughs> I've uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen again, rocking it out. Been healing. I actually liked it better than tanking, to be honest. Mostly because it's easier. Uh, Understandable. There's just less to learn. From what I, I'm like level thirty one, and it's just it just really laid back, which is nice. Uh, I also uh, I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem on my 3ds, which has been an absolute blast. I like it a lot. So I'm about halfway through, I think. I think I saw there were like 25 chapters, and I'm on 14, so I'm a little oh, over halfway. Nice. And honestly, that's that's pretty much about it. I finished Suikoden uh, a while ago, right? So which we're going to be talking about today. So Mark, what you, what you been playing? I just completed Suikoden this morning. Oh, and I've been playing. You really like to enunciate that name, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Yes. He always gets this little twinkle in his eye whenever he says it. <laughs> it's such a good it's my favorite. It it is. Yeah, um it's true. And I've been playing Zelda Link Between Worlds on my three DS. Mm-hmm. It's think? pretty it's pretty awesome. Solid. Okay. Uh I obviously finished Sweek It In uh, a couple weeks ago. Started playing Xeno Gears on a handheld on my Vita. I'm loving that. I just beat Halo Anniversary <laughs> on my Xbox 360 that I recently bought because I'm a huge Halo nerd and a bro gamer. Uh, let me let me go ahead and rebut rebut McIntyre <laughs> JJ's. I don't play the multiplayer. I actually enjoy Halo for the story. Weird as that is, uh, I love the lore of the uh, Halo universe. So I, I, I'm into that again. Doesn't every game start out with you on a ship that's like breaking apart or crashing or something? Um, Mm. You know what? I'm, now I'm thinking of two. You do that whole, you know, orbital dive. Yeah. Uh, three. I can't remember three's. Three, you're just popping back in. You're, no, and three, you just 
shoot down into the jungle. That's right. After you come back from Delta Halo. Yep. And oh, it, good old Delta Halo. And obviously Halo. ODST, you do that awesome uh, uh, orbital drop from the ship to the city, yeah. which is pretty cool. Can we stop talking about Halo? And, uh, you no. asked a question. And in Halo Reach, uh, you're just, you just, <laughs> show, you're just walking yeah. around. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, although, I did play the opening of Halo 4, and yes, that's another theme to that one. You are on like a your ship that was floating away in 3. and Floating away? It was already cut in half in the last game, though. True. It was already a wrecked ship. All right. Well, that's what I've been playing. Halo. Pro gamer. Oh! So, <laughs> Mark... <laughs> Why don't we just dive right in? Oh, wait, get... wait. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Mm. I beat A Link Between Worlds. Loved it. Loved Good. it. Absolutely, yeah. I forgot I forgot. I played that one. What, what do you guys think of the... Like, I haven't played it yet. I have it, but uh, I'm probably going to... Thinking I'll probably end up playing it when I'm out of town on my cruise in a few weeks. What do you guys think of the difficulty level? <sighs> I'm not it's... very far in it, but it doesn't seem that difficult. Well, it... there's a lot of... There's some parts where you just don't know what you're supposed to be doing. But other than That's that, typical it's, Zelda, it's though. not very it, difficult. It's about as hard as A Link to the Past. Uh, I found that I actually died a bit on the last couple bosses, but it's it's like a typical Zelda difficulty. Boss will have like one red feature. You hit that, and then you win. Well, then, why don't we hit on in news? All right, guys. My name is Brian. I'm the ha-ha guy and the wee guy and also the news guy. Sometimes accurate. Always entertaining. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Great. Here we go. Uh, Nintendo is considering a, and this is in air quotes, new business structure. Recently, as we all know, they've been having some financial issues. Uh, this is basically regarding their Wii U. Uh, it has continued to underperform and is causing internal reflection at the company. Nintendo is forecasting a $250 million loss for the current f- fiscal year. That's bad. Ending March 31st, and it has slashed its sales forecast from the Wii U from $9 million to $2.8 million. I mean, what, what else can I say, cut. guys? It's not going well yep. for them. I'm not going to blame it on, on consumers. I just think they made mistakes. Too many. Uh, everybody thinks that. Yeah. I mean, you, you this this is kind of old news at this point. Uh, just sure. I mean, Obviously, we do it every other week. But, like, I remember when this first broke, everybody was talking about how... Uh, Iwata was basically saying, like, I'm not stepping down. I don't care how many people want me to. You know, it's like, well, obviously there's some kind of outcry here. If, you know, they, they think you're the problem, maybe you should do something about it. And I don't mind if he doesn't step down, but he better do something different. Like, if well, he's like, I'm not stepping down. Yeah, but that's any any right. business at all. Yeah. So, I, some you know, they got to figure their... They gotta Could have said the same out. thing with Don Matrick. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Good old Don Matrick. <laughs> I wish he would have done something different, like, <laughs> not advertise last gen. Uh <laughs> Next bu- next order of business, we got EverQuest. For all of you who are EverQuest fans, 15-year anniversary coming up. 15-year. That thing is still going. Uh, the upcoming year is a big one. Uh, they are actually... EverQuest 2 is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. If you all remember, that came out the same year that WoW did, so it underperformed, obviously. Uh, but it's, its little brother... I guess I should say Big Brother is turning 15. You know what, though? That's that's pretty darn impressive for a sequel. Because okay. a lot of sequel MMOs do not do well at all. Yep. That's true. And then uh, they're actually uh, also touting their EverQuest Next landmark, which is uh, entering alpha. So EverQuest Next is uh, actually starting to become more reality. Is that the one with that weird like voxel level building system yes. that showed off? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it looks it looks good. Uh, if you go over to the, the 
the PlayStation blog, uh, they you get a little peek of the new Last of Us DLC called Left Behind cinematic trailer. You can check it out. I actually watched it. It looks just amazing. I, it, you actually in this DLC you get to uh, explore the story of. Do you if you guys re- played it? She tells a story of a lost friend. I'm not going to ruin anything by saying that, but do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yep. And you get to see that whole story unfold. So it's a it's a prequel, yes, yeah, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that based off the story she tells, like right at the end of the game, where where what happened? She kind of hints at it, like all throughout. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to give any plot spoils away, but there's a friend that she was that she had something happened to him. It's what the that's going to explore. Zombie apocalypse, heartbreak. Pretty much happened. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online's voice cast uh, is seriously impressive, guys. They released its cast and. I'm seeing names like Kate Beckinsale, John Cleese, Bill Nighy, Alfred Molina, Malcolm McDowell, Peter Stormare. I mean, whoo. Of course, your Mass Effect fans will know Jennifer Hale. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I hope the game is as impressive as the uh, voice cast. <laughs> All right. Witcher 3 is, I guess the studios come out and said they are, air quotes, fairly close to maxing out power, the power of Xbox One and the PS4. Uh, CD Projekt Red CEO Marcin Iwinski or Markin Iwinski says studio was able to achieve the mark by deciding years ago to skip this current generation, which is Xbox or the previous generation, Xbox 360, PS3. The uh, Witcher 3, the Wild Hunt, leverages nearly every ounce of power from the Xbox One and PS4. Considering how new they are, that's impressive. Mark, what you know about the Wild Hunt? <laughs> I'll t- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about the Wild Hunt, evidently. <laughs> I know there's a dude in the, in the, basement. <laughs> in the basement that's ta- taunting me about it, uh, who's yeah. apparently not death. But I sure thought he was. Oh, oh I understand. He sure looked like it. Well, <laughs> way to pull a Brian. Yeah. It's okay. Just play the Everyone game. Everyone has their moments. Yep. <laughs> Brian has his moments often. All right. Uh, N- Lightning Returns, the Final Fantasy thirteen. Three, I guess you can call it. It's got a demo out now, so go check it out, guys. Uh, I'm hearing and seeing good things about this game. I, I haven't played it, but I actually I looked at a YouTube video of uh, mostly because I don't I don't like playing demos of especially Final Fantasy games because they turn me off. Like I played the uh, 12 demo mm-hmm. when it first came out, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" But then I played the actual game, and it introduced me to the battle system slowly and everything, and it was a lot easier to grasp. And I, I don't want to, you know, fall into this and be like, oh, I'm not looking forward right. to it anymore because I played the demo and I didn't like it. I watched a video of the battle system, though, and it actually looks pretty solid, to be honest. Like, I was expecting more hack and slash, which is the rumors that I had heard. Sure. And it really doesn't look like that. It looks very, very... You just really have to go check it out. It's, you just just look, do a YouTube search it, for Final Fantasy It's Fantasy definitely a departure demo. from 13's battle system, which I happen to like. But it still looks very action and very cinematic. It doesn't look like you can auto-battle your way through the entire game on this one. And you can't paradigm shift either. Correct. However. She's the only one you control. Right. So. It does look it does look interesting. Let's see. Uh, Namco Bandai is officially changing its name to, drumroll, Bandai Namco. The, <laughs> in Japan... <laughs> In Japan, ba- uh, Namco Bandai is referred to as Bandai Namco. Were we struggling for news? I've long wondered <laughs> if and when the company would decide to go uh, for unified branding worldwide, and it's finally happening this year. Announced at a board meeting yesterday, the name will take place April 1st, so get it right, guys. 
And a nice <laughs> little segue, a nice little segue into our next piece of bit. Speaking of Bandai. It's going to be called Enix Square now? Correct, <laughs> sir. <laughs> this will segue very nicely into our last bit of... Uh, the reason our news was a little bit shorter uh, was because I wanted to talk about this last bit of news for a short length. Because it's kind of something that I, I bothers me a little bit. But Namco Bandai's game, the Tales games, obviously... The Fantasia, obviously, we've heard the big news about it being free on the iOS devices. However, there's a there's a catch to these games. They are actually ramping up difficulty spikes artificially uh, in order to, yes, m- goad players into using microtransactions. Uh, I feel like that if this trend continues, you're going to see a lot more follow suit, and some of our favorite RPGs are going to be basically gutted, rebranded, and remade into free microtransaction type games. What do, you, what do you mean when you say these games? Like, what other like ones do old this? RP, I'm saying... Is the, that a derogatory term? No. What, I'm, not what, what I, I mean by that is... <laughs> let me let me explain. I'm, when I say these games, I mean, I hope it's not a trend that's going to start with these games. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, what... Oh, what, it's terrible. Right? I, I mean... And I, I actually hear this a lot uh, with... When I... Well... <laughs> when I read about Kickstarters, about why people are bringing their games to Kickstarter, a lot of times... When they go to traditional publishers, all they want to talk about is microtransactions. Yeah. They want free-to-play games that they can just charge people, they can nickel and dime people with. To be honest, so. I, I don't really care. Like, really? As long as it's a re-release of something, and it's not something brand new that I really want to play, and they have to have microtransactions in there, chances are I've either already played it, or I'm looking to get it on whatever system it came out for anyways. So, personally, it doesn't affect me. I, for people who are like, oh, man, this game's easier to access now. I want to get into it and play it. Absolutely. That's a little, yeah, you know. Yeah, because now you're not playing. I, I think the real threat is if this game does really well and generates a lot of revenue. That's what I was, and that's what I was getting at with, I hope this does not start a trend. I hope this game is like, no one likes the microtransactions and they say, oh, you know what? This RPG type game is not suited for microtransactions. I, I honestly, especially I at this point, I don't know if there's a big enough audience to warrant them being sure. like, oh, look how well this is doing. I, I think anybody who plays Tales of Fantasia already has sure. or has no interest. And honestly, a Tales game on a cell phone really doesn't sound that great to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've played a, a handful of the Tales series. Right. I just don't like the trend that gaming is going towards microtransactions. I agree. I, I don't. I agree. It's it's I, definitely an MMO thing. Yeah, that's I want to pay stay. a one-time fee. And I want to oh. enjoy my content. If it happens, it's because we didn't stand our ground. Sure. So, the line must be drawn. Yeah. Yes. Name that movie. Come on. Lord of the Rings. Come on. Not even close. <laughs> nope. The line must be drawn. Star Trek First Contact. Captain uh, uh. Picard is on You say Enterprise. Star Trek First Contact like it's a mainstream movie that everybody's seen. It's awesome. I know, but... Like, Braveheart would be one you could be like, it's Braveheart! It's Star Trek First Contact. I, it I is a mainstream that. I movie. am Lacutus a Borg. If you yeah. were to quote a mo- uh, if you were to quote something from Braveheart, people would more likely understand it because it's more mainstream than a movie like Star Trek uh, First Contact. Now, there there but, are a lot of people who would disagree with that statement. <laughs> I don't think that it's possible to disagree. Star Trek is a niche. Small little bunch of nerds. I'm gonna <laughs> You're get right. Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek is so small. You guys yeah. are just... Who knows about no Star Trek? About, Absolutely. I mean, Star Wars 
way better than Star Star Trek. I'm not even going to go into that because I like them both. So <laughs> See, I'm just trying to rile. What are, what are you I'm doing? I'm just trying to rile no up way. the internet. He's trying to get hate mail yeah. sent to us or something. <laughs> you can send all hate mail to our email address. I'll just forward it to I'm Brian. I'm a sci-fi junkie. Because I want to yeah. read it first and then yeah. <laughs> put it into a nice folder make it look pretty. Uh, yeah, I like to uh, I like to incite the, the the rage. Well, good. All right, so that's our news. Oh man, Mark, that was some hell. Oh, that was a heck of a lot of news. Yeah, <laughs> and Dynamco. Uh, all right, so I've color coded my notes here, Brian. Does that excite you? <laughs> this week's spotlight is going to be on. Uh, it has to do with our review that we're doing today. One of them, absolutely. Um, the uh, the Sweet Coden series is awesome. It's amazing. Unfortunately, they haven't continued making them. Yep. So Mark's going to talk a little bit about a uh, group that's trying to change that. Why don't you go ahead and give him a shout out? All right. Well, I was going to say, Brian, I think you liked Sweet Coden, right? Oh, you'll find out in my review. Would Stay you say tuned. it was forward thinking? When did it come Ahead out? Ahead of its time. When did it come out? came out in 1995, the same year as Chrono Trigger. Yes. But it's been eight years since the last Sukoden game on a console. Are you reading? I'm not reading like a robot. He's not, he is not. He's putting some voice into it. The handheld games take place in an alternate <laughs> Many Worlds multiverse. We know only 18 of the 27 true runes. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, so. The notes uh, are color-coded. I'm getting a look from JJ again. So we're here to talk about the Suikoden revival movement. It's been, you know, like I said, eight years. There's there's always been this sort of community around Suikosource.com where people get together. There's a forum that's pretty lively. But there's never been much organization of all the fans around the world that wish there were more games until July of 2012 when... Some people from Source and the True Rune Army got together and formed a Facebook community that ballooned up to, as of last time I checked, it was like 20-something yeah. people. They've organized multiple uh, of these Suikoden Day holidays where everyone gets together and, well, we don't get together, but everyone gets on and plays the different Suikoden games. Yep. They send in fan art. Some people have actually donated, like, Suikoden games and CDs and all kinds of stuff for contests that they hand out to people. It's incredible. Thousands of people have been participating in all of these holidays. And this year, well, it's 2014. <laughs> Last year, uh, they launched Operation Blinking Mirror in which fans were instructed to mail letters, fan art, cosplay photos, and more to Konami's headquarters in Japan to show them that the fans are still out there. Yeah, this has been going on for a long time. Yep. Like, it's not one of those things where they are like, you know what, we should totally make a petition to revive this thing. They literally, like, went out, wrote letters to magazines, publishers, all this stuff, and said, you know, get this thing moving. Mm -hmm. And it's just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown, and it has not even remotely begun to slow down at all. Nope. It's amazing. I mean, 20,000 people. It's yeah. crazy. And it's been it's been featured on Kotaku, IGN, official PlayStation Magazine. Very uh, cool. Konami UK's website actually featured an article from one of the founders of the movement talking about why he likes the games. It's got a uh, section on Operation Rainfall's website, the guys that helped us get last 
was it Last Story and uh, Xenoblade? Xenoblade Chronicles yep. <laughs> helped us get those games brought over to America. And Very cool. So they've been doing a lot of good work. And, I mean, to be honest, like if you have not played any of the Suicoden games, just check them out. The first one is super easy. We're going to re- review it today, but the series as a whole is f- fantastic. It really yes. is excellent. Um, I know Brian just started with this just one. Just started, yep. I, started I now know about the 108 one. Stars of Destiny. <laughs> um, it's it's on the uh, the PlayStation Store right now, so yep. you can download it. You don't have to buy the disc. Because, honestly, you go to Amazon, you look it up, you're going to be like, oh, I'm not <laughs> paying that, no way. Yeah. Well, at least not the first one's not that expensive, but the second one. Yeah, the, second one's... the series as a whole is just, it really is excellent. Mark yep. and I have played, I've played the first three. Mark, you've played all five of them? Uh, I've beaten... One, two, and three. I've almost beaten five, and I've barely played four. Okay, <laughs> four is kind of the black sheep, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, eventually we'll get to all of them, but like we're we're starting with this one again. We'll I don't want to go too much into it because we're we'll get into it with our review. But if you have not checked out the series, just read up on it a little bit. It's a JRPG, but it's not your typical JRPG by yep. any means. It's a lot more political, a lot more down to earth and serious, mm-hmm. but set in that fantasy world. So it's very, very like. Brian is not a huge JRPG guy. No, but and you the way you just described that is exact. Like it really tries to stay away from a lot of the JRPG tropes, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So, definitely 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 at least go read up on it, look at videos, whatever. Um just it's a really it, it's a it's an experience. It definitely yeah. is. So and The reason I'm talking about this on the uh spotlight segment is because if you have any interest in this, I urge you to go to their Facebook page and sign up and tell Konami that we want more of these games. If nothing else, just like the page. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You just go in and you click a button. Yeah, get get the numbers up there. That's all. I mean, they yep. make posts yeah. all the time, and it's, it's you know, posts about Suikoden and just, like, look at this new art, or, you know, we just got it featured on this article on this play. I mean, it's, it's all game-related. It's just, it's excellent. It really, really is. So they're doing some great things over there. Um, anybody have anything else to add on the uh, Sweet Code and Revival movement? Would be uh, nice if Konami saw that we want Sweet Code and Two on the PlayStation yes. Store. Yeah, for sure. Most of the work is done because they made a ported. They ported it to PSP for the Japanese market. So most of the work is done. I'm not sure what's holding them back. What's the uh, What's the actual web page for them to go to? Facebook.com slash Suikoden Revival. Awesome. All right, so go check them out. Oh, Sam. With that, we will move on to our first review. This game is uh, the first of two that we're going to be doing today. This one was one of the, when we talked about our uh, little gaming get-together that we did a few weeks ago, this is one of the games we played, probably the heaviest of the three. Uh, it was the one that probably took it took the longest, oh, I'd yeah. say, right? Um, called To the Moon. It's for PC, developed by Freebird Games and uh, published by Freebird Games. It's about, let's see, it's about an, an old man who is on his deathbed, basically, and his there's a, uh, a company, two scientists come by, and they have the ability to basically go into your mind, see your memories, and rearrange things to make it, to make you feel like you accomplished your wish, your last wish. And his last wish is to go to the moon. And so they're like, you know, we have to look at his memories in the past. We have to see what we can change about his life that would 
basically impact the rest of his life to lead up to events to him actually going to the moon. Mm-hmm. And so you're tra- backtracking through this man's uh, memories and witnessing all these events and stuff like that. And there's twists and turns and you he- hear these little clues and you kind of you the farther back you go the more becomes clear and the more you learn about him in his life and it just you you learn a lot about him and the things he's been through the people he's met and that's kind of just where it goes so why don't we go ahead and uh talk about pros we're gonna do a little different this time right we're not gonna be uh just going one by one we're just gonna kind of open up the table and yep so it works Who's uh who's got some pros? Go ahead, Mark. All right. This is a wonderful game if you want a game that's going to press your buttons and make you feel something. I personally didn't cry, but I know that uh did JJ cry? I didn't cry, but I was I, I was sure? getting close. Like I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got goosebumps. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, was and I even said to you guys, I was like, Man, I, I feel like tears might start flowing here in a yeah. second. They did yeah. but I mean it was there's there's a big plot twist in there that I didn't see coming at all. Mm-hmm. I, I was tempted to put this on my list today, yeah, to be honest I, with yeah. you. It was, uh, I mean, it just like it hit me like a ton of bricks. It yeah. was crazy. I did not see it coming at all. But it's one of those where it, it's cool because you, you know, it happens. And I, I don't yeah. want to spoil it, obviously. But it happens. And then you think back to what happened throughout the story. And you're like, oh, my gosh, there were all these clues. And it makes so much sense now. And it's one of those moments where it just hits you and you're like, I figured it out. Holy, you know, holy crap. And it's just, it was awesome. But it was very, very, it tugs at your heartstrings. Yeah. Big time. I, I love that. I thought it was incredible. I Absolutely. thought the story was great. I mean, that's that's my biggest pro right there. Mm-hmm. The story itself. How about the music? Big pro. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The music Wonderful. is unbelievable. I got to yeah. say, I kind of approached this game with a bit of skepticism. I'd heard how amazing it was, but... When I see modern games coming out with, you know, SNES-level graphics, it makes me a little skeptical. Like, are yeah. they doing this because they just don't have the means to make a game that looks yep. more modern? But I got into it, and the characters are just so likable. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just kind of fall in love with the characters as soon as you start playing. Absolutely. And it totally swept me away by... The writing. Know, like an hour The writing was well done. It just really felt like something I hadn't played before. Yeah. Like, it really just pulled you in. And it, it it's hard to see. Like, back on the Super Nintendo days and stuff like that, it was easy for a game to do that because that's what we had. Nowadays, when we've got these updated graphics and these, you know, powerful engines and all this stuff, it's really tough for a game to do that. And for something that looks like this, I'm not saying it looks bad to me. You oh, know, no, it doesn't. Not I, I think it looks great. But to have a game with, like, sprites and the smallish graphics, graphics and that kind of stuff, it's very rare to, you know, captivate an audience um, yeah. As much as it did, it was definitely a unique narrative. I didn't. I don't remember a story ever having this kind of spin on it with the whole memories. I mean, maybe Inception, if you really want to dig, oh, yeah. but it's that was about it. You know, <laughs> to be honest, I like this better than Inception. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it, it was very well done. I, I was, I was, I was, I think more surprised than any of you two that I actually liked mm-hmm. it. Like I did not. I thought this game was going to be the one that I didn't like. It was, I, it was my personal favorite of the three. It ended up being my second favorite, so I was like, oh, wow, okay. I think I'd say it was my favorite as well. It's going to be the one that goes with me, I think. Yeah, definitely. Be- well, because it's it had the most story out of the three. Yeah, yeah true. For sure. That it was just the most memorable, I think. One of the other things I really liked about it, though, is that it's so short that you don't have to like invest 
hours upon hours upon hours in it. Yep. So it was nice to, you know, just be able to hop in, do it. It was what, like three hours? Maybe four. Yeah. Three, four hours, depending on, you know, how long it takes you to do some of the right. puzzles and stuff. It, I, I think that was another aspect that was attractive to me, was just the, the you know, you, you just play it and you're done. Yeah. And that's it. You can save it if you need to, but we all did it in one sitting, obviously. Right. So, uh, all right. Well, then, anybody have any other pros? I think we about spelled it out there. We hit on the music, the yeah. plot. I liked the little... I've seen some reviews that said those little mini games, the little puzzle, puzzle mini games, mm-hmm. felt out of place. But I, I thought it worked. It gives you just a little sense of accomplishment each, each time. They were too easy, though. Like, okay, well, trivial. Sure. I, I, I didn't mind them too much. I thought it added, you know, gameplay. Yeah. yeah, to it. You're not just mindlessly walking around talking to people. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it, you know, didn't need to be in there, but I think it added to it rather than took something away. But I, I felt like that that was only part of the game. There's really no gameplay to that other than that. I mean, it was just like a interactive narrative, basically. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's go into cons. Anybody? I'll start because I have I have a few, probably more than you guys do. Nice. I didn't like that there was no gameplay element to it. Any game I play, I like have some sort of gameplay element. Did that bother you about uh, Dear Esther as well? Yes, and Stanley Parable. It, it wasn't really a game to me. It was more like an interactive thing. And I, I, I would agree if it were longer, but that's one of the reasons why I liked it, that it was so short, was yeah. because you're not doing, you know, you're doing something mindless, just sure. walking around talking to people. But, you know, throwing those in there, yeah, and the, the puzzles and stuff, and then making it so short, really kind of offset that for me, at mm-hmm. least. Sure. Uh, that would that would be my main con was just like I like games to have a bit of a challenge factor to them, just so I can feel co- accomplished. There was there was a the start of a combat in there. Oh, that was hilarious! Yeah, that was <laughs> where you're like, oh, is this turn based? That that is another oh, pro. Yeah, the was, sense of humor. Yeah, it was very was funny. really good. Yeah. So uh, my other con, the visuals. I mean, not a fan of the sprite based uh, games. I am a a fan of the sprite based games, but not as an interactive. Not as an interactive story. Is that if that makes any kind of sense to you? Like a a grand scope game that was made in '95. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah, the the visuals are a product of the time. But when you make a game that's got zero gameplay, you know, and it's sprite based, and and, and when I say sprite based, I mean it, it was very sprite based. I I don't necessarily like that as much. Real old school gamers would find it aesthetically pleasing. I just, I just think if you're going to make an interactive story like that, you can, you know, ramp up, you can ramp up the but graphics in some areas. On the other side of that, it wasn't a game like Dear Esther where you're on this abandoned island with cliffs and a lighthouse at the top sure. of it. You're just at some house and you're going, you go to a restaurant, and it's really about the people and what that means and the interactions between the people. Yeah, settings. Well, and I would forgive it. But, I mean, with the no voice acting as well, it's like, it reminded me of Bastion a lot, the visual style did. Oh, the only thing that Bastion I liked better than this one would be the fact that Bastion had, had actual voice acting, so it kind of upped the production value. So I'm like, okay, they they really went, and I, I'm not ragging on Freebird Games, they made an incredible game, but, I mean, if you were at, if you were to put my feet to the fire, it would be a con for me. I did, The visuals weren't exactly the best. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. Sure, I think because I, you know, I grew up with sprite-based games. I love it. I think the look was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. And I don't, I don't think voice acting belongs in those kind of games. To be honest with you, I think sure. it's it's awkward and out of place. I can see that. I, I it it was something that gave me pause at the beginning of the game, but they did it well for what it was, and 
the writing and music overcame definitely especially the music. I could have felt negative about it absolutely uh i to be honest i really couldn't think of very many cons mm-hmm. i mean what what uh, anything else you guys i mean that's that was I it for me anything i slight knock on oh, the visuals uh I was really mad at that character for the decision she made. Yeah, but that's part of the story. Yeah. That's... <laughs> if you can't tell, I mean, we I think we all recommend it. Absolutely right. Yes. For sure. Play I... it, play it, play it, play it, play it. If you don't play this game, you're an idiot. They made it seem like... Wow. Uh, yep, I said it. It could be the first of many. Yeah. And it's been a while since it came out, so I hope they haven't given up on that. Uh, if you look at their website, they they have a couple of teasers for some other stuff. And I think there's a few other games that you can download as well. Okay. Um, I, I didn't read too much into it, so I don't know like if any of those are tied to this one. But mm-hmm. as far as... Yeah, I, honestly, for what it is, it, it's great as a standalone game, too. That's true. It really was an absolutely wonderful experience. I yep. had a blast playing it, and it really makes you think about your life choices. And, you know, kind of just makes you reflect. And yep. I mean, just like... You see all those... Uh, those like TV shows that are corny where like, you know, somebody goes to a nursing home and it's the troubled teen who has to do community service. So he works for a nursing home and ends up talking to an old man and the old man tells him his life story and it changes him and blah, blah, blah. Honestly, it was a lot like that. Like you, you are looking back at this man's life and seeing the things he's gone through and the people he's met and how they influenced him and everything. And it really just, it, it, you know, I'm going to sound cheesy here, but it really touches you, you know, just, it, it's, just a great story it, and just it, something to watch. Yep. If I was to say, if somebody say, "Hey, can you sum up that game? What does it teach you?" I kind of I thought it was a really good, I guess you could say, short little story of how our ambitions as kids can completely change due to many variables in your life. You know, thousands and thousands of different variables that go on, and eventually you don't even you don't even remember why you wanted to go to the moon. If Absolutely. that makes sense. Yep. So I mean. If you can't figure it out, play it. We say play it. Play it, play it, play, play it. it, play it, play it. Definitely. It's cheap go also, it. so go get it. Yep, it's cheap. It's on Steam, right? Steam. Yeah. It's cheap, it's quick, and it's awesome. So go play yep. it. To the moon. A Frozen North recommendation. That's the noise. Oh, it's not. That's Mark's noise. I thought you were doing a missile, so I did the explosion. No, just like a like a resounding. What is happening right now? I think we should do from now on. You and me recommend the game, and then he does a sound effect. Okay, for how he feels like, about I, it. I, I go. Uh, if what? Uh, they just have to figure it out. It's yeah. like a puzzle. Like this game was really glue. This game was excellently glue. <laughs> what have I done? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the moon. I, ah! I felt that the combat was really. The Porky Pig. Kind of. You know I mean, I mean, you can kind of decipher it. Like, the way that it comes out is, you know, the inflection. Sweet it in, sweet This is actually uh, this game is well, this whole series, to be honest, is is Mark's bread and butter. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, what you're sweet so, I'm Final Fantasy, and yeah. Brian is Mass, Mass Effect. Effect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've described this game in the past as the JRPG games of the thrones <laughs> no it's it was just game of the thrones sorry yeah, game of right. the thrones yeah game of the thrones <laughs> <laughs> which i don't actually understand that reference is that because i've only played the first one it's not a reference like well, why is it game of very, the thrones because it's a complicated because i has a lot of political oh, gotcha. stuff okay. i accidentally put a the 
Gotcha. Better. And I just live with it. Mark's just goofy. Okay. Like that. I was he's, just wondering. He's a real goofy. He's a, Mark's kind of sometimes like, yeah. Accurate. Uh, accurate. Yes, absolutely. I've, you... I've often described him as that. And succinct. So, Mark, why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown of uh, Suikoden One's plot? All right. <laughs> Suikoden One's plot is you play as, if you're going by canon, you play as Tur McDowell. Wunani. Tur McDowell. Wunani. Tur McDowell. Isn't it Tyr? Sure, whatever. Our hero. The hero is (laughs) the son of one of the great generals of the Scarlet Moon Empire who goes on a mission. He's starting to join the army, and some stuff goes wrong, and he ends up in cahoots with uh, a rebel faction. You kind of figure out why why they oppose the empire, what's going on there, and eventually you become a general, build up your own castle, recruit 108 stars of destiny... I, I want to emphasize that because that's a huge selling point for the uh, series as a whole. Each game, you literally recruit 108 characters to aid you on your quest. That's 108 characters who each have their own backstory who will go to your home base when you recruit them and have some sort of a job, whether it be to help you out in combat, to open up a shop, to have a mini game, to yep. give you a world map. Even in this one, there was a guy welcoming you to the castle. Yep. I mean, it literally like... I mean, that's 108 different characters yeah. that are that you are putting into your own city that you're making. And that's that's in every game. That's that's a staple of it. That is the staple, if anything. Yep. So you do all that, and you get involved in the politics of what's going on in the region. You try and impress people in different, uh, I don't know, region, different lords of different regions, and get them in your army, and eventually overcome the empire. It honestly, like, it sounds to describe it now. It sounds kind of basic, and it is by today's standards. Yeah, but yep. you know, when it came out, it was—I mean, it was just awesome. It really was. Nineteen ninety-five. I, I I remember the day that I bought it. In uh, it was it wasn't GameStop at the time. It was Funko Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy behind the counter, I I went in and I was like just looking looking around, and uh, I had just gotten a PlayStation recently. And the guy was like, "Can I help you find anything?" And I was like, oh, "Honestly, I'm just looking for a, a good RPG on the, on my PlayStation." And he goes, "Hmm." And he kind of looks behind him at the at the wall and stuff. And he goes, "Have, <laughs> have you played Soikiden?" And that's how he pronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I remember it because his pronunciation. I'm like, well, "No." And he, you know, he pulled it out and he put it on the uh, put the game on the counter. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, "Honestly, this is like some ugly." box art yeah it's like 1990s hercules <laughs> bad but when i looked at the back of the game and it showed like the uh the, the sprite based graphics and just everything that i loved about super nintendo um but obviously you know upgraded to be playstation one yeah it was uh it looked really cool it looked right up my alley brought it home and i i mean i played it for a few days straight after that i didn't beat it though because it got really hard and i didn't like grinding at the time now i i can do it because i you know i've done it a thousand times over with other games mm-hmm. but this is just a game that that I've had for a long time, and it really holds a lot of sentiment because it's you know it's been with me since the beginning of the PS One. So, yep. uh, why don't we hop right into uh, our pros and cons? Oh, it's developed and published by Konami. If I didn't say that already, Konami um, released on the PS One, and now it's like we said before on PlayStation Store. How much was it? Do you like remember? Ten duck, ten dollars. Just less than that. It was like eight, eight maybe. 
seven ninety nine. Not so, expensive. Not yeah, expensive. honestly, anything fifteen or below downloading, it's totally worth it. Yep, I'd say. All right, pros. Mark, you can't use Suikoden as a pro. Can I please use that as a pro? <laughs> no. no. All right, here's my pro. Water margin is not a pro. 108 stars of Destiny, guys. Once you get this castle, so you go, you play for about six or seven hours, and eventually you get a castle. And then you can go out into the world, go back to villages you've already been to, find people that look important, and try and convince them to join your army. Yep. And it's amazing. And as, as you collect more and more of them, your castle upgrades you get yep. shops like a normal at first it's just an empty castle and eventually you have all kinds of shops that have more stuff than any town and it keeps growing and it's it's awesome for me it was more like 90 something stars of destiny because yeah. i i did not i did not get all underneath yeah it's all right okay we'll forgive you i still liked all the characters though they were they were awesome maybe if you'd played it on a bigger screen yeah, or no, not with been, Marty McFly. I no. could have been doing it. No. Well, yeah, yeah I, I missed a lot of characters because I was watching Stripes. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I mean, I agree. That's like I said before. That is the that is the big staple of this series, and it's mm-hmm. it's different in every game too. Like the first one, it's a giant castle. Uh, is it the same as the second one? Is it a castle also? It's it's, it's a castle. Uh, third one, third one is. I mean, it's called a castle, but it's more like a mansion. I yeah. think, um, and it's it's huge. Yeah. It's really, really big. Fourth one is a ship, yes. right? Um, which sounds cooler than apparently it actually is. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fifth one is honestly a lot like the first one. It's right. in the middle of a lake. Okay. Uh, but e- either way, I mean, just the fact that you're upgrading your own town and you know filling it with all these people that you're going out and recruiting, and you recruit different characters at different points in the game, mm-hmm. it's it's just awesome. Every time you recruit somebody new, you're like, oh, sweet, I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm going to go back and look at them. And, I mean, 108 times. That's crazy. Yep. So that that I mean that's a huge huge selling. And we're point. talking like a five story castle, and then it's got separate wings on either side, and it's filled with people, and every single one of them has a name. These yep. aren't just like random villager one. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I a big pro for me is the game felt really I felt really good about it because it was really restraining itself from going all JRPG on us. Like it, yeah, I, I felt it like start two, and then it was like it felt like it rained itself back in. It was like. Getting a little crazy and oh, okay, back to normal. Okay, getting a little more crazy and then slam. It's like it kind of peaked out at that. You know, you know the last boss. I'll get into that when we go in cons. Was a big <laughs> the whole series. At least you know the first three games that I've played. They're they're all like that. I feel like it really restrains itself and keeps itself as grounded as a JRPG can be. And that was a big pro for me. Yes, yep. I, I agree. So if you're not a huge fan of you know those hardcore JRPGs like the Tales series and that kind of stuff, this this I would recommend giving this a shot just for that alone because it's not a hardcore JRPG that's going to make you go, oh my gosh, really? You know, so what else we got for pros? Music. Music. Definitely music. Excellent. Music is very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's another common staple of all the games. I really liked, I really liked the leveling system. When you have 108 characters, what's the most annoying thing about most JRPGs? Having to level each one that you want to play. Like, oh, I got this guy midway through the game. Oh my God, he's running level 15 and I'm level 50. I'm not yep. going to play with him. In this game, they had a scaling system where in each area, there'd kind of be like a level range that wouldn't give you much experience for some characters, but the ones that were lower, you'd get like four or five levels per battle. Yep. You just They would just immediately catch up, and I loved that about it. Yep. Didn't take long at all. No. And you get six party members. Yes. That's that's also say, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you have six party members means, okay, let's take two low-level characters and get them up to speed. I still have four guys that are 
kicking butt for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's it's go. Oh, it's so good. It was fun. And dude never really had to grind much at all, which for me is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. No. Just getting to the destination in a dungeon will pretty much level you up to where I, you need to be. That's another pro for me. The the dungeons were just simple enough to not feel like, oh god, I gotta backtrack four rooms to go back to the you know. They kinda had branches, but they were very simple branches and, and not, they didn't drag. No god, the, yeah. I hate JRPG dungeons that just drag on and drag on. These kind of kept it simple, but yet still fresh. <laughs> the only thing, and well, I'll get to that when we get to our cons, but uh, any other pros at all? Plot. Yeah, very good plot. Uh, obviously. <laughs> like we already went out. It's pretty no nonsense. There's a few forays into some side yeah. plots, but for the most part, it's we're going to take down the Empire. My all notes. right. With that, oh. we will move into cons. Oh, my cons are blacked out. Mark, he, you're gonna have to actually think about this. He's yourself. trying. He's trying to say that he doesn't have any cons because he, oh, he he's trying. Oh, he's much. tricking us. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, guys, there's no cons, guys. I don't. I, <laughs> I do have cons. cons. Yeah. I have two. 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 What? I have two cons. <laughs> what are they? Do I have to tell you? Here's my first. Here's my I will first tell con. no one. In Suikoden Two, you can sprint. In the first one. I'm guessing you guys thought you couldn't sprint. I had the character in my party the almost the entire game. You, so yeah, yes. with you get the, the holy rune with the right rune, right. you can. But right. you have to use up a rune slot. You only get one yeah. in the first game, unless you used. So that was pretty annoying. Yeah, you, know, you get two. Yeah, you have stallion in your party. Yeah, stallion has one, and then you get another one. Yep. Well, no, I mean you only have one rune slot. Oh, oh you yeah, get yeah, one rune, and then you've, yeah. you've used it up. No, I agree. It's I mean the same thing in Final Fantasy VI with the sprint shoes. In the original, yeah. you couldn't run without having those on. And Annoying. I took up a relic slot, but you got two relics, which was nice. <laughs> so that's that's one of your cons. That's one of my cons. No and sprinting. The and the other one, Brian will probably be shocked by this one. The inventory system. Oh yeah, that thing was shocked. Right, you had no idea. That thing was a horrible. Yeah, that's idea. probably my biggest con. Right, there. And I understand why they did it because it's kind of realistic that you can't just you don't have some magical bag that's just holding everything. That your whole party has. That you Absolutely. Fish stuff out of. But it's a video okay. game. <laughs> okay. We're supposed to have a good time and not be pulling our hair out. Let me rebut McIntyre you real quick. I agree that, yes, it doesn't have to be um, realistic, but when they would make me take characters that I'd never equipped with anything just and then go, I had to go. I was like, what? So yeah. what I have to do is it would break me out of the story. It's like, oh, man, we're here at this castle. we got to go in and get the general. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me go all the way back to my castle real quick to the guy, pull out all my gear, get it. Okay, now I'm going yeah. all the way back to the place I was. Like, there were some curveballs there, too, where you didn't even have a chance to do that. Yeah. I, I will say on that, though, honestly, like I didn't find myself gear swapping that much. I really mm-hmm. didn't need to unless I got somebody new in the party that didn't have anything on. It was really easy for me to either just... Buy him new gear right there, right. or you know he didn't need to because I wasn't going to keep him in the party anyways. Agreed. It was something. It, it's annoying enough that I just would save the game and go play Chincharonin until I had nine 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 nine. And that's what I did. Potch. Yep. I, honestly, I think it was probably, and I mentioned this to you guys. It was easier for me to deal with this because I've played Earthbound before, mm-hmm. and it's the exact same inventory system as Earthbound. Nice. So if you've played Earthbound. And you've got that inventory system there. It's the same exact thing. Everybody has their own little, 
their own uh, carrying capacity. And on top of that, you've got a storage thing that you can use if you want to. So, but you know, that doesn't go around with you. So it's you know it just it just depends on your experience with it. Do do I like it? Do I prefer it? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I would I would consider it a con. Um, but it's I mean it's just a gripe. It's not really something that's going to turn right. you away from the game. And it's you can deal with it pretty easily. So one thing that did bother me was a f- there's a few times where you had to swap out party members right before a boss battle. Yeah. And you don't get to change your formation. So yeah. I just have I have a short range person in the back row that can't do anything. That's always fun. That was awesome. Definitely. That yeah, that was awkward too. Like why I don't even understand why they would do that in some yeah. cases. Right. Or so. at least give you a chance to move your formation around, do something. Yeah. It didn't happen that often, but it was right. annoying when it did. Yep. So because then you pretty much just got a useless person back there who was like, mm-hmm. Well, I can heal myself with a potion. Yep. All battle. <laughs> So, but again, six party members, so you've got other people doing stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Not con- too bad. any other cons? Anybody else? Yes. A few more. Fire away. When I said that the game does its best to rein itself in from really weird Jap- JRPG, I liked some of the boss battles where it was just you versus the person, right? They didn't turn into something giant and grotesque, it was just you versus this really powerful being, okay? I'm, I'm looking at. Bosses like the Neck Lord. He didn't transform. He wasn't like, this is my final form. He just was himself. The last boss is the exception where it's like, <laughs> come on. I, you know, and I was so excited. Well, hold on. Quanda Rossman, early in the game, transforms into a monster. Oh, right. That's but true. those were some examples. Like, and you fought a giant clam. That, <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, yeah, that giant clam. Why? Love what, it. Why? It, or the crystal core yeah like i don't understand i don't understand but that's again that's always a con for me when i play jrpgs and then my final one so essentially your con when it comes to jrpgs is them being jrpgs yeah well a little bit like why does everybody have to have a final form like why can't i just fight your normal form why is that why do you have seven forms because it's anticlimactic no it's not you play <laughs> you're chasing play around tales of zillia all the way to the end and then tell me that's not anticlimactic you're chasing around this guy who's a real strong guy like final, let's use Final Fantasy VII as a, I love that game, but let's use it as an example. Sephiroth, you're fighting him, and he's like you. You know he's powerful. He's got that sword, and then you get to him, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna fight him." Nope, you're gonna fight a giant winged with no legs version of him that doesn't even have a sword anymore because it looks more epic. I don't. It, that's it does. It not, looks a lot better than you're just fighting I a dude with a sword. Disagree. That it looks more epic. It looks more stupid. You, sir, are in the minority. Well, but that's what I'm saying. (laughs) And that's why why I give it a con. I just don't need to always transform into something to me. Like, I'm always, I roll my eyes every time. Like, oh, yeah, okay. I understand uh, Brian's sentiment. But but if you have a justification for why it's happening, then I accept it. And and this one was a less harsh transform. He transformed into a big dragon. So it was like, okay, I'm going to give it a, you know, it still sucks that he transformed. But I, he didn't turn into some grotesque guy that's flying around with no legs and he's got like eight heads. Like I, I was like, it what makes is this? more what sense. Games what did that happen? Like the, any JRPG ever, man. Name one that has a grotesque thing with eight heads. Um, Final Fantasy VIII, when she turns into that, like in Final Fantasy VI from my producer. I'm just gonna- Final Fantasy VIII when she turns into that. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. My producer's holding up uh, six, so. What part of six? You want I to don't know. Me? I've never played oh, it. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but right. no, you know that's that's my whole thing. Is like it doesn't need to be anticlimactic. I guess the octopus has eight. No, Kefka legs. Kefka turns into a pretty goofy looking thing at the end. 
But most, and that's True. most Final Fantasies. And I'm not picking on Suikoden. It's just, and Suikoden did it less. Like I said, the whole game that was trying to be less of a JRPG than most JRPGs. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, have you played a JRPG where the, it doesn't do that at all? No. Exactly. Right. Tales of Zillia does not do that at the end. Right. You just fight the dude and it's over. And it's so anticlimactic. It really is. Maybe, if you ever play that game, you'll I'll, be like, I will. I'll oh, play it. That's, that's what it feels like. But It uh, wasn't bad, but it was like you really expected something more. Yeah. I, I get it. And then uh, my last con was uh, too many characters. Too many. Mark, it's okay. Breathe. Let, let, let me what? let me defend my stance. I honestly Too didn't know. Many? I didn't know half of them. Like at the very end of the game, at the I'm making a valid point. No, you're not. Are you making a valid yeah, point? Yeah, l- l- hear me out. 108 stars of destiny, Brian. They're all awesome. Too many characters. They don't. They, I didn't know half of them. Like at the end of the game, you're, you're the general. You don't have <laughs> to know them all. You have to recruit them all. All you right, have to do is if, motivate them and make sure that you win the war. I liked the recruiting of them. Uh... But they just, at the end of the game, they were, like, scrolling the text. I'm like, I don't know who that, that was. was. I don't great. know who that was. I don't know who that was. Okay, so what we're taking away from this, basically, is every con that Brian's come up with uh, on his own, uh, take that as something that's good with the game. So just don't listen to him, essentially. That's what we're saying. Too guess, many right? ca- Yeah, you didn't oh get to know half of them, right? This. right? Like, I had my favorites that I, like, tell you liked, what. but then there was other <laughs> ones that were this in Wings of My Castle I'd never heard of. And also, my last, very last con, I promise, is my last one, Mark. I promise. Oh, my God. The War the war minigame, not ne- not needed. It, well, not needed? Yeah, it was terrible. It adds it a was, sense of scale. How else do you do that, though, on a PS1 game? It's it, tough. It's tough to do. I, I, I get well, they it. Do it. They I, do it different. But they're just the kind of doing this, and then you like... <laughs> just just wait till you get yeah, to the, the, second the one, other game. In this game, field. though, I felt it was tacked on, is all I'm saying. It was like, oh, this is not really a big deal. Like, Make it a cinematic rather than... Because it was too easy It's rock, paper, scissors. One. It's nothing special. They, they, they I needed, agree with them. They needed something in there to give a sense of scale to the armies. Make a video. Absolutely. Look... Make, uh, let's just put a cutscene in. Yeah, because yeah, no, the people will be no. complaining about the cutscenes. It was basically a cutscene. It was not it wasn't hard. a cutscene because was challenge involved. The the, uh, the size of your army depended on how many characters you had recruited. You can't put that into a cutscene. But you can make it. I get. I, I get it. I just didn't like it because then I it's guess. just a scripted event. And it justifies case, all of the too many characters in the game. Because then you're going to go and use their abilities to give you a little edge. Too many characters yep. to get to know is what I meant, and I didn't know half of them. I didn't know half of them. It's fine. I bet. I bet. A real general doesn't know half of his soldiers. You know what, Mark? I knew him. <laughs> did you? I did. See? And you know what? Taking it a step further, I'm going to know them in the second game when they come back. I, I'm gonna be like, I you won't. Know what? I don't even remember half their names. I remember that. I don't. You'll remember Brian, a few Brian of the will, ones. Brian will say, I don't really remember that character, but it's in my brain. It's in here. And that's cool that it's back. There's some that, that stand out, and you'll... Sure. Those are the ones and I had favorites, for sure, absolutely. I had, like, 10 or 12 ones that I knew very well, and I liked like I liked them in my party. So, I mean, that was cool, but I was like, man, 108, that's just... Whew. I don't know. I don't know about all that. It's all right, Mark. Calm down. It's okay. Maybe 50 right. would be better. I don't no! Know. 50! <laughs> <laughs> it's just my opinion. I'm not even laughing right now, guys. (laughs) If he was standing up, he'd be stamping his feet. (laughs) That's it, though. No more cons. Mark's got a serious face on. That was more cons than pros, Brian. No, I have way more pros about this game than I did cons. I didn't hear him. 
<laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You I heard me over. saying a lot of pros. I, I agreed. I'm not going to rehash the things you talked about. Too many characters, huh? You know For what? Me. You know what? There are too many characters in Mass Effect 2. But I, there's less than... I didn't have a there's chance. There's way less than 108. <laughs> Mass, I would say the Mass Effect series has I wanted to get right to amount. know the chef on the Normandy. Then go get to hang know. out with him more. You also wanted to bang Dr. Chakwas. <laughs> he did. I didn't so say bang. Of... I said I wanted to have relations. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I, I didn't realize we were term. being classier. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. with that... Um, <laughs> what what do we say? Yay or nay on the recommendation, Mark? What do you, what do you think? Brian's not allowed to play the other games. Ooh. <laughs> Why? He liked it, though he I did loved like it. it. Yeah, too many. <laughs> Are you gonna say that as a con oh, in every man. single one of them? Maybe if they don't do a better job of it, not if they don't do a better job of getting me to know the character, then yes. The third one, I think, and I told you that's my favorite one in the series, does the best job because of the Trinity site system. Yeah, right. because you you're get getting to know, to know different you get squads. Those dogs. It's Remember cool. the dogs? Uh, yeah, you get to know all them. <laughs> uh, I leveled up all those things too. Good. <laughs> that's crazy. So uh, me personally, I highly recommend it. Absolutely, check it out. 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 Can't say it enough. Absolutely, hundred percent. Definitely, sweep it in one. Do it. You've failed as a human being if you haven't played it already. What? <laughs> All right. That's my recommendation. All right. So Mark says play it. <laughs> Ryan? Gotta play it. There we go. So definitely. Sweet in one. Yeah. Check it out for sure. Yep. It is a great game and another one that's just an experience. We get, I mean, both games today. Yeah. Excellent. They were both excellent games. Yeah. Yep. So I would say go with To the Moon for an appetizer and top it off with Sweet in and play that over the course of the next couple of weeks on a handheld if you feel like it uh, it'd be all right on a handheld to be yeah. honest sorry mark okay so it's just that with <laughs> mark is go- mark is like there's just too many inside. characters so mark, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding mark's inner turmoil <laughs> 50 mark's over there going i wish i heard a bag of trips right now <sighs> no it was a, it was an excellent game i i really liked it all right why don't we move into our top five then so here here's the deal we are we are we're like I said on the last episode, and uh, like we said at the beginning of this one, we're doing our top five plot twists that took us by surprise. We're not going to spoil anything though. If if people like I know Brian and Mark really wanted to just do a spoiler cast and get it out there, I I again I pulled rank on this, and I don't want to do it because I don't like doing spoilers. My main reasoning for that is because I feel like the whole point of this podcast is to you know talk about games and recommend people to play more. To you know, get get out there and do this, and I think if we're spoiling that for people, we're kind of ruining. You know, I mean, it defeats the whole point of this uh, top. Yeah, five. We want you to play this game. You know, if you haven't played it, but this thing blew us away. It's like, well, this blew me away, and now it's not going to blow you away because you're not going to experience it the same way I did. Let me add something. These are not plot twists that we necessarily liked. Just Correct. ones that we did. We're like, whoa, <laughs> absolutely. Because there are a few in yes. mind that these I'll are like, just these are just ones that we did not see yeah. coming at all. So what we're going to do is, I'll start with the first one, and it'll kind of give you guys an example of how you know we're going to do each one. If you really, really want us to do like some sort of a spoiler cast or something, send us an email. If I get enough people requesting it and want us, wanting us to do it, I, I got no problem doing it, because I, I really don't mind it. I just, I don't, in the spirit of you know people listening and wanting to hear about games they may not have you know played or heard much about, I really, I don't like doing spoilers for that reason. You know what I mean? Understandable. So, yeah. 
Um, in this instance, we're we're not going to spoil anything. We're, we're going to talk an about idea. it enough to know to so that we know what we're what it is. But we're not going to. It's not going to be anything that you guys are going to. And if it, you've played the game, we're going to give you a little description on what we're talking about, so you yes. know exactly. You'll be like, oh, I know exactly what party's exactly. talking about. Exactly, you'll like, know. But people who haven't played the game won't won't figure it out. So, and I mean, to start us off right here, Mark and I have the same number five. I'm assuming your is the same as me. One of your party members. Yes. Okay. So. Mark and I's number five is Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yes. And chances are, if you have the internet, <laughs> uh, or if you obviously play the game, you know what we're talking about. A uh, certain character in your party, something happens to them, and uh, needless to say... It's very twist. It's yeah. pretty shocking. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, the first time I saw it, I didn't see it coming at all. Hit me like a ton of bricks. I was the first more... time I got that far was never. But... But you have the internet. <laughs> I have the internet. <laughs> he has the internet. And it was so, shocking. So, yeah, that's, that's Mark and I's number five, Final Fantasy VII. And it has to do with party member. So, Brian, what's your number five? My number five is Metal Gear Solid. And it has to do with the revelation of a character that you're interacting with is not who you think it is. I know who it is. Mm-hmm. I need to play that. I got the Legacy Collection. It, I haven't, haven't played it. Does it take place on an oil rig? <laughs> in Alaska? <laughs> In in the sixties, yeah. in the jungle with too many characters. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, no, it's uh, you'll know if you've played the game, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I played this when I was pretty young. I think I was in junior high when I first played this game through. And you're like, oh, uh, oh, uh oh, like you just you think, uh oh, yep, yep. All right, my number four is uh, in the series of the game we we just talked about. Sweep it in three. Solid choice. Absolutely. One, one thing, and this has nothing to do with the plot twist, but I kind of want to just bring it up. One thing that's really cool about Suikoden 3, and this is another reason I, I implore you to check out this series for sure. Too many characters. The the third one, and this, this addresses Brian's issue for sure, it has what's called the Trinity Site System, which it starts out where you get to pick one of three characters who are going through the same set of events, each from their own point of view. There are other games that have tried to do this, like uh, Tales of Zillia tried to do it, Star Ocean... Uh, Second story tried to do it. Star Second Story actually did a pretty decent job of it. I have yet to see a game that does it better than this one, though. Each one of them, like, you play through one of them, and you come across one of the other characters in it, and you're like, oh my gosh, that other character is a jerk. I can't believe, blah, blah, blah. Then you play as the other character through from his side, and you're like, wait, no, that first character is kind of a jerk. What the heck? And you play through the third character, get a little bit farther, and you're like, wait, no, both of those guys are jerks. And you just see everybody's own point of view, and it really puts things into perspective on... Especially, you know, the whole aspect of war. When mm-hmm. you think about each side has heroes and villains. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just very, very cool and the storytelling is great. That being said, <coughs> the plot twist in that game is when you find out who the main villain is. And you have to have played the first two games. At, at, well, at least the first one. Um, well, is he, he's in the second one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fir- it's easier if you play the first two games. I would just play them in order because they're that good. Um you find out who the villain is, and it's just, it's cool. It, you you, you kind of look back, and you're like, wow, really, guy? So, but it, it, I mean, it all fits together very, very well. And it's just, it gives you, it gave me goosebumps when I first learned it. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. So, yep. And Brian will be saying, wait, who is that? Was that one of the too many characters I didn't have a chance to get to know? <laughs> Maybe, I'll be like, I don't know who that is. I never, I never knew. So, that's my number four, Sweet so It In 3. Maybe 58 characters 
Mark, what's your number four? Okay, my number four, and I was shocked that Brian didn't have this on his list. My number four is Bioshock. I'll explain the when first you're done. One. I'll explain why when you're done. For me, a really good twist is a twist where once you've figured it out, if you look back, you can see all the groundwork. Yep. You can see it wasn't just something they thought of that was, oh, this will shock them. It's no, they clearly designed that as the core of the game. And to me, that's that was one of the best examples is Bioshock. Yeah, I agree. I, I like. I mean, from my review, you can tell I it was okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like amazed by the game. Yeah, uh, but that was a very very cool plot twist. Yep. Uh, the reason it's not on my list is the internet ruined it for me before I played it. That is terrible. Yep, it's one of the only games yeah. that's ever that's ever been ruined for me via internet, and it happened. And I I still love the game, but I knew it was coming. Very cool. Uh, Brian, number four. My number four is also Final Fantasy VII, but it's not actually the same twist that those two were talking about. Oh, well, the other twist? There, there are actually quite a few in this I, one. I, I know what you're talking about. I but in this, in this twist, you find out that your main character maybe misremembered some things. Mm-hmm. And yep. you're like, I, I remember when I revealed that, I was like, wait, what? So, wait. Oh... And it kind of changes the whole. It kind of changes the whole dynamic of the. A, you kind of look at your character differently after that. You want to talk about convoluted plots and JRPGs? Yeah. <laughs> it can get that way, sure. Good one though. Yep. Uh, so that's Brian's number four, Final Fantasy VII. My number three. Little uh, little known game. Well, I don't know if it's little known, but I, I don't I don't know too many people who have played it other than me. And I'm gonna butcher the name because I don't know how to pronounce it to be honest. Uh, Baton Kaitos, or Baton Kaitos, however you pronounce it. Baton Kaitos. Uh, sure. Yeah. On the GameCube. I honestly was not huge on this game. It was, it was, I didn't, it's a card battling game, which isn't that great. The world map system is not open at all. It's side scrolling, uh, sort of the, the visuals are kind of cool, especially for a GameCube game. It's very, very pretty to look at, um, and the voice acting I, I thought was atrocious, and I normally don't even care about voice acting at all. I just was not a fan of it at all, um, and I, I couldn't finish it just because it, it got just too much to handle, I guess is the best way to say it. Maybe I'll go back to it eventually someday, but either way. The twist in this game, though, I, I mean, I did not see it coming at all. It, it Wow. Uh, it has to do with the main character. If you've played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is just... I've never seen another game do this, ever, at all. Not even close. It's just, it's so far out of left field, and almost, I, I, I was tempted to move this up to my number one at one point, but then I was like, yeah, yeah, these other two are still, they hit me harder, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I <laughs> as much as I was not a fan of the game, the twist I thought was very cool and very unexpected. So that's my number three. Baton Kaitos. Yeah. B A T E N K A I T O S. Yep. <laughs> that one. Mark, what's your number three? My number three is Braid. This is an indie gem that came out on Xbox Live Arcade and PC and maybe some other stuff, I don't know. That involves time travel puzzles. It's also got it's got this plot that's sort of outside of what you're doing most of the time. But you're trying to save this princess and going through various different challenges and I'm not sure how much I can say about the twist other than 
the puzzles are all time travel based and then when you look at something in a different time in a different frame of mind you see that it's completely the opposite of what you think you're doing all right cool that's all I can interesting say. i like it i in in true frozen north tradition I've not played that game, but I've watched Mark's brother play it. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Brian, what's your number three? My number three is Bioshock Infinite. Solid choice. Yeah. Uh, whoa, this game made me really like... At, as the credits were rolling, I remember sitting in my uh, in my computer chair and kind of like with a, like a decompression. Like I'm trying to just... They come at you with a lot of stuff at the very end of the game so quickly, and you're you're going like that in your brain. That is accurate. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I'm not even being sarcastic. It just it really. I mean, like it's the game throughout that you have this great story, and then all of a sudden when it starts hitting the twist, it's like it's kind of like you're you're driving in a car, and then that person for like the last thirty you know yards just. Floors it to a well, thousand first, miles an first hour. First, you're like halfway in the game. And yeah. You're like, oh, was that the twist? You, you Whoa! Think, you think you know the twist? It's not even, not even close. And then it's like, oh god, oh, then, oh, oh no, yeah, oh no, and yeah. You just can't. You don't have any time to. <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm going to say this about the twist. The pinky is all I'm going to say. Whoever's played it knows all about it. And you're like, it. You're like, for all the pinky. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, Mark? Oh, when I say geez. the pinky. Mm-hmm. When I say the pinky, I, I'm trying to. When I say, I don't think he has any clue. What you're I'm talking trying to put about. down some smokescreen, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Just tell Brian there's too many characters in the game. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, and it ramps up after that, and then it took me like ten minutes after the credits were done to like, a, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. very good, nice. All right, Brian's number three, Bioshock Infinite. My number two, and I can't believe you guys didn't have this on your list. Unbelievable. The Last of Us. Uh, was there a twist in that? Yeah, there the was. Ending. There was, but I... Oh, the yeah. ending. Oh, yeah. And what he does. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. And that is not normally what happens no, in it, stories, period. True. I, I, me and my brother were trying to... When we saw JJ's list, we were like, what was the twist? And I, I kind of figured it was this. So, you know, definitely, yeah. I'm, it's, if you've played The Last of Us, which if you haven't... Oh, man, go play it. If you have a PS3, you're missing out. Uh, the ending, there's just... It's... It's. Not, I mean, we, when we reviewed it, I, I went nuts over it, and it's. I still. I think about it, and I'm like, that's so cool. But yeah, man, <laughs> jeez, yeah. dude, you're just so, like, oh, yeah, that's the sound yeah. that I would. You make. really don't know how to feel about it. I it's felt like upset. It's this sound. It. It's this sound. Oh, right. I was like, whoa. Can I choose to do something different? <laughs> you really here? could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see people loving it, and I could see people hating it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just something unexpected. I'll well, say nothing has evoked that level of discontent in me. Yes, absolutely. Where yeah. you're like you're like bullcrap at the end. You're like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in a bad way. No, I, but where you're, you're but, like, oh, I hate this game. Blah, yeah. blah. It's, it was like I, I can't believe it's like you what? wanted the option. You wanted the option to pick one or two. You're like no, no, I wanted to pick it. Yep, yeah, yep. So definitely, Last of Us, uh, my number two, Mark. And I should just chip you. For, Shadow for this of game. the Colossus. <laughs> Why isn't this on yours, it's Brian? It's a good. Um, it's on my top ten. If we were to do a top ten, okay. 
Okay. Is the twist that you have to do the same thing over and over <laughs> and over and over again? And it surprises you every time, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a surprising that game. That was the twist. That was that was the twist. The surprise for me was how much everybody said they loved it and how much I hated it. I loved the game. Loved I it. Hated it. I love hated it. Some of it was really good, but sometimes I just wanted to throw the controller. But so you're doing this, doing all this stuff to help resurrect your friend, and then a thing happens, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Yes, and I can't say any more than that. Pretty much, it's it. It's a good twist. It's a very good twist. It is. That's all. You beat the game, JJ. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he would know that. I played the demo. Okay. And <laughs> I got to the top of the first Colossus once, did it, and then it knocked me off, and I realized I had to start all over to hit him again, and I was like, huh. <laughs> you are nope. not a, you are not you a grip what? master. I turned it off. I am the grip master. That was a game that came it out on PlayStation 2. It does knock 2. you off. You can't do anything uh, about it. Yeah. It's that came not. out for the PlayStation 2, guys. And it was it beautiful. Did. There's no game even now that matches up to that technical... Like, Oh, it, it looks beautiful. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying the gameplay was terrible. The twist was good, though, Mark. Mark I agree with you. It's on my top ten. It just not didn't quite make it to the top five. And I know I'm in the minority with that. I know it's a beloved game, and people think it's all awesome and blah, blah, blah. I absolutely, you say that about everything. You never no. take a side. <laughs> I'll take yeah. a side right here. There are not too many characters <laughs> in Sweet Coven. That's a side that I'm taking. <laughs> 108 minus 60, maybe. I'll, I'll accept. No! No! That's 48! That's less than before. <laughs> We're going down here, guys. Uh, what if no, those 48 were, the, I, were I, the, 40, the half that you didn't care, that you didn't care about? Yeah, what, didn't if, what if that happened? <laughs> I uh, definitely wanted to throw the controller more than a few times when I was playing that game. I couldn't stand it. I really... And I, like I said, all I played was the demo. I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Understandable. Nooey. So, not not my cup of tea. Uh, all right. So, Mark's number two, Shadow of the Colossus. Blech. Brian, what's your number two? My number two is a game we played uh, recently, and we re- reviewed Star Ocean Till the End of Time, or as I like to call it, Sotiat. And we won't say it in this one, just in case we have a new listener or something, but Brian actually spoiled it yeah, I did. in that episode. <laughs> Go back and listen. But, no, this, this, this was, I, I hated it. I hated the twist. <laughs> I hated it so much, but you have to understand that when before I played this, uh, both JJ and my brother told me that there was a huge plot twist, and it was crazy, and you would not believe it. And knowing that, going into it, I was like, oh, they, they ruined it. I'm going to look for a twist. I'm going to look for it, and I'm going to find it, and then I'm gonna, it's going to be totally anticlimactic. And Blindsided. even still, I was like, ah, here's the noise I would make for it. Ha, ha, oh, God! <laughs> That was the that was the noise I made. It's ridiculous. It's very it is. ridiculous. Yep. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, that being said, uh, I mean, easy enough. Mark and I both had the same number one. Star Ocean mm-hmm. till the end of time. Sotiat. Yep. This was a wonderful twist. <laughs> Mark, I Mark Mark love this twist. It was so terrible. Because for, for me, it was like. This isn't shocking. This isn't like an idea that I couldn't have come up with. But the fact that a company with so many employees allowed it to happen. Yeah, like I got through so many filters. That it happened and it was published. (laughs) That blew my mind. That's the real twist here, I think. 
Uh, it is. It's it's so ridiculous. Like who thought that was it's a good so idea? And it was field. so and it was so had nothing to do with the game. Like it had zero yep. zero to do with its story. That's why, honestly, I'm glad there's more to this series. Like, I, I enjoyed the game, uh, you know. Up to a point. I'm a huge JRPG fan, so I, I like the game regardless. I take it for what it's worth. Even for me, though, that was still like, what? <laughs> what? Come on. Yeah. You're sitting there <laughs> like, going. And when I'm doing that, no. you know that it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me glad that there's other games in the series because, like, I mean, you just got the first one. Yeah. On your PSP. I'm going to play through the whole series. And... I, I think you're going to have a different outlook on the series when you sure. play through that, especially the second one, because right. the second one is bar none the best in the series, in my opinion. Okay. It's amazing. So just, you I'm know, just gonna don't judge like the I series don't know. by yeah. this. No, yeah. and I won't. And it's, I just thought it was such a <laughs> wicked twist. And, and, yeah, and it's adolescent. Enjoy those Star Ocean games. Enjoy those Star Ocean games. I don't get it. I, what? what? Okay, I will. He He will. With their complete... Triviality. What? What? And meaninglessness. I can't say more. Oh, all right, Mark. I see. What oh, he means. yeah. No, I it's, see what it's he means. not going to affect anything. Trust me. Uh, I see. What he I, means. I dealt with 108 characters or whatever, so I can deal with this. What the? <laughs> no! God! <laughs> I'm giving Mark. And what he fails to realize is I love Suikoden, and I, and I'm so excited to play the whole series. But I like to give him give him a little. Oh. Brian, what's your number one? Uh, my number one, and this is the reason it's number one, is because this is the one I loved the most. This one actually tugged at me. It's Final Fantasy X. Uh, it better not be the one that I'm thinking of. Okay. I I don't know if it was the voice acting, but I grew really attached to all the characters in Final Fantasy X. It was a very well-done story. And there's a revelation in the story that one of your characters has to do something, and... You it's but you ha- it's like you feel hopeless like you want to save him or her. Okay, never mind. It's not the one I was thinking of. Uh, okay, good. There's this. There's this. You go on this journey in this game, and you're there's this big evil thing you're you're going after. It's it's called sin. So yeah. you're going after it, and you're you're collecting all these guardians, right? And then you get to this point in this town, and this in this like messenger tells you what has to happen next, and you're like, no, no. Like, I was like, no, no, I don't want that to happen. Can we just not play this game anymore? Like, it really, I, I mean, I'm glad it didn't end up happening, but... Oh, you're going to like Tales of Symphonia. But I, I just felt, I was so attached to the characters that I was like, ah, it really, like, daggered me. Like, here's what that made me do. Go, Ugh. Really? You I didn't did- see that coming, though? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, you don't see... I, mean, I thought it was really predictable. Really? Not, yeah. Maybe it's because I did play Tales of Symphonia. I, but because you're like... Mm. It, it has... I mean, maybe that's that's why, but I mean, you're 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 thinking that you're going to gather this, this army, and you're going to go traditionally how it usually works, yeah. but when you find out what has to happen, you're like... And, but, but then you, you eh, find... Yeah, it it's... Yeah, okay. I, but for me, it, it just... <laughs> got me right there. He's, he's making stabbing motions into yeah, his chest. Like, so that's what like, that clap sound was, like that. So, it hit me right there. A, a spear of spear of destiny. <laughs> wow. All right then. So there we go. Brian's number one. What twist Final did you Fantasy think I was 10. talking about? I thought you were talking about well, one of two. Either uh, Orin. Oh, or, okay. Or the very end. Oh. In which both cases, I was going to go. You didn't see that coming because I thought those no, were those were either. very predictable. Uh, and not, well, not the end. The end, I had to look up online because I was like, what just happened? Uh, what? <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, really? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. So, yeah, I, I didn't get it. Uh, I had to look it up. Can we just say that the memory? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Mark, have you played ten? <sighs> Barely. Too many characters. You're gonna, you're gonna play through it when uh, the uh, special edition or high res whatever remake comes out. HD. I'll let you borrow my PS2 copy and I'll play through the new one. Uh, I might. You should. I'll. It's. Look at I mean, it. it's it's definitely worth a playthrough, for sure. Yeah. It's it's a good experience. So. So you're gonna play it. Very linear, but honestly, the the typical Final Fantasy you know feeling is there. And they brought back yep. true turn based combat, which was a, such a treat. Yep. And I, you know what? I love the combat in that game. Yeah, absolutely. It's very good being able to switch out your party and stuff. On but the fly. I actually listened to another podcast this morning yeah. that was talking about Final Fantasy X. I'll play it, but then you have to come over and do all the Blitzball stuff for me. You don't, you don't have, have to do have that. You don't have to do that. Ever? No. Nope. You, you have to do it once, but you don't have to actually, like, you, you don't can have, try. You, you don't can have lose to win. It doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, okay. Yep. So, and it's at the very beginning of the game. Yep. So once you're done, you're done. So that's our top five. Top five plot twists we didn't see coming. Uh, like I said... I apologize for not, you know, us not going too much in depth as far as, you know, what the actual spoilers were. If you've played the games, you chances are you know what we're talking about in most of these. Um, if you haven't, go check them out because then you will know what we're talking about. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe it'll still hit you by surprise. Emails and shout outs. We don't we don't have we didn't get any emails. I feel lonely. Yeah. Somebody email us. Talk to talk yeah, to us talk about to games. Us. Tell us stuff. Or Come just talk to us about anything. Tell Do Mark you that- like mustard or not? Yes. Email us. And tell us if you like mustard or not. Email us and tell us the exact number of characters that Suikoden should have. Don't do that. <laughs> Mark doesn't want to hear people's <laughs> real opinions. Yeah. I think 108 is fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Because it makes for a good city. Yeah. Yeah. 108 you know? is perfect. I mean, do you did you get to know every single one of the crew members on uh, Mass Effect? Not the ancillary I ones. I would have exactly. let me. See, this one give, gave everybody a name. Yeah, but you not everybody was crucial or pivotal right but, but they still added flair and character to the game okay it was a good game i like it. just too many characters you ruin everything um <laughs> so all right well last thing let's get into our bi-weekly question come on we asked oh oh kind of well yeah we got to do one high five at least for the, for the episode so you don't have to make it okay all right yeah good. there it was <laughs> that was a begrudging high five we I'm asked sorry, yeah mark, mark, mark was making, i'm sorry was grimacing all right, so we asked uh, we asked on the Facebook page uh, last episode, do you replay RPGs? If so, what makes you come back to them? If not, why? Oh, we got a handful of responses. Uh, Andy says, I replay some if they have the uh, options that could change the flow of the game or the story so that I can play all aspects of it, like Mass Effect, obviously, or uh, <laughs> almost any Bioware game. Um, any games with choice, basically. Yep. Uh, Matt says, not generally, but when I do, it's usually because I want to see what happens if I make different choices story-wise. Pretty common consensus, it looks like. Dave says, if I do replay an RPG, it's always because I want to revisit the world. Uh, that's kind of how I am. Like, I I'm, I mean, obviously, listening to this, you know that I'm big on nostalgia. And there are so many times when I think back, like Final Fantasy X, when I was listening this morning to that other podcast, I'm like, I really want to play it again. I yeah. can't wait for this new this remake, you know? I, I just want to get back into it. Uh, just because... Not because I want to make different choices or anything like that, because it's not it's really a great an option. Game, yeah. But I just want to revisit, you know, what's going on. So I, I, I totally agree. And I, Isaac says, "Never." And your brother will like this. He says, "Never," unless it's Xenoblade. Oh, <laughs> so I've heard such good things about that game. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> well, you're you're playing the Xeno Gears, Xeno Gears right now. Mm-hmm. What what about you guys? You guys replay RPGs? That would depend. I have to replay Suikoden games because those are so good. And I want to re go. I want to go out and re meet all the hundred and eight stars of destiny. 
108. He's staring right at me, Stars guys. of Destiny. <laughs> and they're easy to replay. It's not difficult. <laughs> but if there's a game... like I would not replay maybe Star Ocean until the end of time with all of its difficulty spots. Uneven difficulty. Yeah. See, I think I think Suikoden like, would be difficult to replay. Really? To be honest. Simply because I like to do everything that I can. I play with mm-hmm. guides. I do. Especially in a game like that. If it's a game that doesn't require a lot of, you know, heavy thinking and collectibles and that kind of stuff, that doesn't really bother me that much. But, like, a game like Suikoden, I, I, I want to get all 108 stars, so I yeah. play with a guide. That way I don't miss anything. I don't want to, like, once I do it once, I'm good. Like, three... When we get to that again, I probably won't play through that again. A, because the game is long. Yeah, it is. And I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's an amazing game. It's probably in my top ten. But to be honest, I, I just there was so much to it. And again, going back and recruiting all these people again, I just don't know that I really have the desire to do mm-hmm. that again. And I, I think if the, uh, you're going to not like me for saying this, I would probably go back and replay it if it didn't have the recruiting aspect. Well, I know, I know. What I know. does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even because mean? It's, that's would, you re- would you go Would you be more likely to play Pokemon again if you didn't have to catch all 108? But I don't replay Pokemon, Pokemon again. What? what? <laughs> I don't know. Mark's grasp. No, Mark's just so flustered. He's just like, I'm gonna grasp that thing. That sounds like a legit question, Brian. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I don't replay Pokemon games either. All right, I absolutely don't because once I you know collect them all, then I'm like, okay, I finished, oh. done with it. I love getting those stars of destiny, and I, I do too, absolutely. And although there, I, I can understand some of them are more frustrating than others. Yeah, two I'll probably replay because it it was such a great game. Mm-hmm. But well, three was a great game too. But it's it's just so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really is. But I I just yeah yeah I that's that's the main reason why just those those monotonous things that. I feel like I've done them once, and that that is the accomplishment. It's like, okay, here here's I can compare it to this. If I play a game on PlayStation uh, Three and I get every single achievement in the game, perfect hit. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to come back to it later on again? Chances are probably not because I've already done everything. Right. Unless it's something where I'm like, you know what, I really want to experience the story again. I really want to revisit this world. I really, yeah. you know, if it hits me there. But if it's something that I'm not, you know, drawn to. Like, I love the collection aspect of Suikoden, but since they all feel like just separate achievements to me, I feel like once I've done it, I'm good to go. You know, like Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, I've gone to a thousand times over because there's not that, like, collection aspect. There's no real completion thing as far as, like, having to do this monotonous thing, unless you want to talk about, like, you know, getting all the enemy skills and summons and all that stuff like that, which you do throughout the game anyways as you progress. Suikoden, you really don't. You have to go out of your way a lot True. to do a lot of that stuff. So that's just kind of where I'm coming Even from. Even more so in the second one. Uh, yes, definitely. Well, with me, it's doubly true for RPGs, but if I love the game, it makes it more interesting for me to go back. So I don't play with a guide. So I like to play it organically the first time through. And if it's good enough, I feel like I want to go all... I'm like, oh, man, like Final Fantasy VII is a good example. I beat it once without a guide. Went through it, missed a lot of stuff, but I loved the game so much that I eventually wanted to go back and get and see all the content. And that's how it is with RPGs for me. If I if the game is good enough, then I'll, I will go look up a guide and find out how to do every single thing 
after my organic playthroughs to determine whether it's good. Because if the game sucks, I don't want to do everything in the game, if that makes sense. No, I guess. I feel like JRPGs are more labor-intensive than Western RPGs in terms of, you know, grinding, leveling up, whatever. So this is why I like to use guides, because I want to make sure I'm going to go and do everything I can do and not have to waste time doing it again a second playthrough. Unless it really won me over and I want to play it no, again. I just, I just, I'm opposite of you. I, I'd rather play through it organically and then if I loved it, come back to it at a later time. It, a lot of times it makes things easier. Like uh, Xenosaga Episode 1, mm-hmm. there's a... You, you can, if you play through it and you know when you get to it, you'll eventually do it. But if you play through it, you can build a giant robot to help you out in battle. This thing is just uber powerful, ridiculous. One of the main bosses, Albedo... He's like the second to last boss, I think. I one shot at him because I had the robot. Nice. Wow. And I mean, you know me. I, I like to play the game for the story. I'm not sure. looking for a right. super hard challenge. I'm not looking for, you know, this long, drawn out battle sequences or anything like that. Just yeah. get me to the end. Let me know what's going to happen to these characters and this world. And that's that's how I do it. And using the guide, I was able to get that robot one shot at him. You can only use it once per battle, and it transitions right into the next battle. So I had to beat the last guy, you know, without right. it. But, it, you know, it helped me because I didn't have to draw out things that I didn't want to draw out. It actually made things quicker for me. Not that I didn't want to savor that game, sure. but it was great. But, you know. I see. I like I like using guys for the same reason Mark does. I just, yep. I don't want to have to play through it if I don't want to again. Valid. So. Uh, and I, I think, you know, eventually that'll be a good... Uh, bi-weekly question to post people is whether or not they like to play with guides. They prefer guides or not, yeah. So, and I'm totally in agreement with that one commenter who said games like Mass Effect, I really do want to play again and uh, be a jerk. I think that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah. That's, I mean, Fable, I wasn't a huge fan of the game, but I wanted to play a second, a second time. I beat that game twice just because mm-hmm. I wanted to see, like, you know what, I wonder what it's like if I kill the guy I'm supposed to escort instead, you yeah. know? So... All right, so next episode, uh, we're going to be asking, what brings you to a new console? Exclusive, Exclusives, price, power, something else? Uh, you decide. Your choice. Yep. So, that, that pretty much wraps it up. All, All right. right. Email us at uh, frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Please email us, because I, I like talking to people about games. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, you, if, you, if there's something you want us to review or talk about bring up whatever uh top five list suggestions something you want to yell at brian for or yeah or games for me to play i i'm very like newbie on jrpgs a lot i watched my brother play most of them growing up so I, i've got a lot of catching up to i'm playing xenogears for give you an example I've never played it before so give me suggestions so yes absolutely just just talk to us about games we love we love it when people do that hit us up on facebook at facebook.com slash the frozen north we're we're starting to climb up there in uh in likes we're up to 202 Something like that? 200-something? Yep. 202. Uh, check out our Twitter at FN Podcast. Look at our blog at frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. Please subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. And just let us know what you think. Uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like, blah, 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 all that stuff. In episode 17, in two weeks, we are going to be talking about our top five games from 2013. So we, we gave it a month because there were a couple of games that we hadn't played yet. So... Uh, yeah, should be a good one. So, you guys have anything else that you want to talk about, bring up? I'm starting to lose my voice, I can tell. Brian? I'm hungry. Um, you know what brings me to a new console? 
if I can collect 108 stars of destiny on it. Now you can fade out the music. <laughs> oh my god. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep on gaming. This song was made available via the Creative Commons Attribution License. The song, Somewhere in the Stars, was written and produced by SoundCloud user underscore TWC.